all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. You ought to bless God all in this place. I says you ought to bless God all in this place. Looks at neighbor, tell him, shum on. It's going to feel real good. Let's make that change. Good morning, Harvest. Aren't you glad to be here today? I said, aren't you glad to be here today? Hallelujah. We take this opportunity to welcome those at all of our campuses today. Amen. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. We, we today, of course, is Father's Day, and we celebrate every father uh, that is in the place. There's a difference between being a donor and a father, and we celebrate every father that is in this place, and we thank God for you. Uh, amen. Come on, let's do better than that. I said, let's celebrate fathers. Let's celebrate fathers. I said, let's celebrate fathers. And... I, I realize, take my monitor down, please. I realize that uh, for many people, it is, uh, in fact, across America, in the 350,000 churches or so across America, today is the least attended day in church. And uh, as evidenced around us and evidence around the world, while Mother's Day and Easter and those things are some of the most highly attended days, Father's Day is one of the least attended days. And the reality is, is because for so many people, uh, Father's Day represents a place of pain. It represents a place of hurt. It represents an absence. It represents something that's wrong. And so rather than deal with it, it's easy to just sit at home. But I want to just let you know uh, that even where there is no natural father, you ought to thank God that you have a heavenly father. Oh, God, I wish I had somebody. I says, you ought to thank God that you have a heavenly father that loves you, and he loves you with an unconditional love. And uh, for many of you, you ought to thank God that you have a spiritual father that stands in front of you. And we thank God for you today. Amen. Lift your Bibles. We're going to get right into the Word today. We are in our summer concert series today, Luke chapter 15. Or excuse me, lift your Bible. Then we're going to flip to Luke 15. Let's say it together, everybody. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It is the Word of God. I am not just a hearer of the Word. I am a 
Now flip to Luke chapter 15. While you're flipping there, just say Shamon. Now I don't know what Michael meant when he said that. I think that's just a, his way of saying, come on. It's going to feel real good today. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. There's still some buzzing here. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 16. And when you have it, say, I've got it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. Oh, y'all got that. You know this because we've, we've been here um, for the last few messages, and, and we're going to come back around to this, and we're going to look at it from a different angle. Luke chapter 15, verse 16, you know this is the parable or the story Jesus tells about the lost son. Say the lost son. Now, we often call him the prodigal son, but that is an inappropriate and incorrect title. He is the lost son who lived prodigally. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse number 16, and it says, And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, uh, but nobody gave him anything. Now, this is a boy who went from a house that he, where he had it made. He, he had everything he could possibly want. This boy had it. But now he's in a situation to where he's saying, I would gladly eat what the pigs are eating, but I can't even get them to give me that. Right. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, look at the neighbor and say, today, today. I'm going to come to myself because there's a mirror being placed in front of me. Today. I'm going to wrestle with me. Apparently, I didn't say that right. So look at the other person next to you and say, tell them. Say, there's a mirror that's being placed in front of you. And today, you're going to wrestle with you. He, 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 he came to himself. Lay, lay your hands on yourself. Say, come to yourself. And some of you might be saying, but Bishop, I'm not out there doing nothing crazy. But my question is, are you maximizing the potential that you do have? Because you might not be out there doing something crazy, but you might not be maximizing the potential that you do have. Lay your hands on yourself and call your name. Say, today, you come into yourself. He, he said, how many of my daddy's servants got bread to spare? And I'm sitting up in here starving. In other words, he said it like this. Ain't nobody got time. And that's crazy. That lady got famous off of that. I've been saying that for years. He, he, he said, I'm sitting here living lower than what I was created to live like. And it took me hitting rock bottom to finally figure that out. Say, in the pig pen, he had a meeting with the man in the mirror. Father, speak to us today that we might move and walk in those things that you have ordained. I declare that today we're going to come to ourselves. And today we're going to deal with the man or the woman or the boy or the girl that's standing in the mirror. I declare, Father, that as this word goes forth, that it would challenge us to be better. That it would challenge us to think higher. That it would challenge us to maximize the potential that you have given us. We celebrate this day because it is ultimately a celebration of the greatest father that there is and that is you and so we celebrate you and we honor you and I pray for every person that's got pain or is experiencing pain on this day that as this word goes forth that that pain would be soothed there is a balm in Gilead I declare that that pain would be healed and that that void would be filled and that that misunderstanding would come to completion that an answer would be provided and we, answer, and we glorify you for it now in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, just tell somebody, the man in the mirror, the man in the mirror. Hallelujah. 
In our summer concert series, you know we're going we're to be taking some popular songs and well-known songs in our culture and extracting spiritual principles for them that can improve our lives. And I told you that the messages in this series are going to be taught a few different ways, some lyric by lyric, some verse by verse, some using the song as a backdrop to Scripture. This particular message, we're going to use the song as a backdrop. Say a backdrop. Say it again. Say a backdrop. Uh, now, we were, in fact, uh, in the message coming home, dealing with this parable, but we're going to come back around to this parable and look at it from a different angle. Say a different angle. It is amazing because the Bible declares that the word of the Lord, it is living, uh, which means that every time you look at it, as you continue to grow, it speaks something greater uh, to you than it was able to speak to you last week. See, there's certain verses, and I think I got some witnesses here, that when you looked at those verses last year, it didn't mean to you the same thing that it meant to you this year because there was an experience that you walked through that gave that word life that that word did not have before. Uh, See, you may read that he's a, a healer, but until you need to be healed, that word doesn't speak to you in that same way. You you might read that God is a way maker, but it doesn't speak to you the same way until you need for him to make a way for you out of no way. And so the word is living. Say it's living. So as we look at this story again, don't say, uh, Bishop, I know where you're going with this because you don't because the word is living. So it's going to say something fresh. Somebody say fresh. Now, you know the story. This younger son, he goes to his father and he asks for his inheritance while his father was still living, which was tantamount wishing that his father was dead. And the son had time to think about this horrible decision he was making because he had concluded in himself that the only way he could enjoy his life was to separate himself uh, from his father. It's a dangerous thing when you think that there is something greater out there than what God has already given you in here. It's a dangerous thing for you to think that the only way you're going to be able to find to have fun is that you got to leave church. Y'all not here. It's a dangerous thing for you to think that you're missing out on something. I'll tell you what you're missing out on. Hell, that's what you're missing out on. I'll tell you what you're missing out on. Being stressed out all the time. That's what you're missing out on. Somebody said, but Bishop, serving God's not easy, but neither is living for Satan either. The difference is, is that when I'm serving God, I know that he's walking with me. Let me tell you what's hard, not knowing who your baby daddy is. That's hard. Let me tell you what's hard, not knowing where your next meal is coming from. That's hard. But I think I got some witnesses here that said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Even when I'm at my lowest moment with him, I'm still greater than my best moment out there. Are you still here? Look at this now. The boy has time to think about his decision to walk away from his father. It was a horrible decision, yet he had time to think about it. Do not think uh, that time is going to make everything better. It is what you do uh, in that time. You've heard people say things like this. Well, time uh, tells all. Well, not all the time. Uh, Not if you learn how to lie during the time. You've heard people say, well, time heals all. That ain't true. Not if you keep opening up the scab every day while you're in that time. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So the boy has time to think about this horrible decision that he wanted to make, which is to walk away from his father in bad minutes. I said this to you uh, uh, in part two of it, uh, is that this boy has a bad moment. We all have moments where we think crazy stuff. Come on, put them up. We all do. Come on. If you don't have one, then you're having one right now because you're lying. We all have moments where we think crazy stuff. If we'll be honest, you've even had moments over the last few weeks where you've said, I wonder if any of this God stuff is really real anyhow. Because if, okay, y'all ain't going to be real with me. Y'all you're going to be real. There's some of you that are sitting right up in here today that if it had not been for God constantly loving on you, you would have wondered whether or not he was really there in the first place. We all have moments where we say, are you really there? Do you, do you really care? Why are you letting this happen to me? I've been faithful to you, and yet this is happening 
happening to me? Who am I talking to? We've all had moments where we've said, was this even real? But you got to be careful to not let those bad moments turn into bad minutes, which will turn into bad hours, which will turn into bad days, which will turn into bad weeks, which will turn into bad months, which will turn into bad years, which will turn into a jacked up mindset. This boy could not control his moment. So now it corrupted his mindset. What moment did you have that corrupted your mindset? What bad experience did you have that corrected your mindset? This boy has time to think about his horrible decision. And he packs up and he gets as far away from his father as he can. And the Bible declares that he lives prodigally. He wastes everything that he had. And, 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 And if we can have an honest moment here, loss that comes at your own hands is often more painful because you know it was a wasted loss. Yeah, look back at something and say, what in the... Now, you say world in here. But you know that ain't what you said. Now, I know some of y'all are a little bit too religious for that kind of speech. Well, then go in the vestibule and come back when I finish then. You, that, if we're honest, there's been moments where we've said to ourselves, what in the world was I thinking? Why did I let myself do this and that? Wait wait a minute, watch this one. How did I find myself in that? I always thought that one would end up like that, and I always thought that one would end up like that, but how did I find myself in that? This, 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 this loss that comes at your own hands is painful because many times... You know it's wasted loss. And then we go through this whole regret and shame thing. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I should have said this. I should have done this. I wish I would have did this. I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I would have did this. Why did I let that crazy so-and-so talk me into that? Why was I listening to folk that didn't have to pay the price to, do, to make the decision? This, this, this boy, he, he, he. He lives prodigally, and he wastes everything that he has. Imagine. See, see some of y'all saying, I'm just, I don't know why the Lord hadn't uh, let my ship come in. Because maybe it's that he knew that what you were asking for, you weren't ready for. I know we shout about God doing stuff for us, but can we just take a 15-second break for the stuff he didn't do? It would be a lot easier to lose a thousand dollars than to lose a million dollars. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Thank God that he let you act a fool while you were down. Thank God that he didn't let nobody see you mess up because you were. So you shouting about what he's done for you. I'm shouting about what he said. Wait. Uh, because delay is not denial. I'm, I'm celebrating the stuff God said. No, not yet, boy. No, 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 no. I don't think you're ready for this. He, he, this boy wastes everything he has. And the Greek word asotos means he was extravagantly wasteful. You know, extravagantly wasteful. You know, extravagant waste. Okay, some of y'all say, Bishop, I'm not familiar with that. When you got your income tax refund. 
Yeah, some of y'all, that's not where you're at. Some of y'all are just extravagantly wasteful all the time, but for some people, and you, and, and, and you were going, and normally, you just get water. Oh, but that check just hit the bank. And you ordered all kind of... Now, for those of you that are confused about what I'm saying, I'm not saying there's something wrong with not ordering water. Extravagantly wasteful. He was extravagantly wasteful, the Bible says, because of loose living. And check this out. The real issue, check this out, this is going to blow your mind, wasn't that he wasted what he had. That just proved what his daddy already knew. The real issue was that he thought he could live independent of his father. That's why he's called the lost son, because he chose to be lost. There are certain times in your life where you choose to be lost, and you choose to act like you don't know. Okay, y'all ain't going to say that. Maybe, maybe this is where it over here. That there. there are certain times in our lives where, if we're honest, we look at the situation and the circumstances, and we choose insanity. God is saying, I, I set before you an open door, and you look at the door, and the door is open, and you're like, well, I don't know. I'm scared to walk in there. It's dark over there. Then turn on the lights. Maybe it's dark because you are the light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world that's set on a hill. Why are you trying to? He, 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 he chooses to be lost. And check this out. After wasting everything, a severe famine arises in the land that he went to. And it was only in the land he went to, not the land with his father. See, understand this. God says, I set before you the blessing, life, and I set before you the curse, death. Now, in Deuteronomy, God says, it's a test. He says, choose which one you want. But check this out. He makes it easy because he tells you to answer. Therefore, choose life. You're missing it. Some of y'all are saying, it just seems like nothing ever works. Maybe it's because you chose I'm going to help somebody here. Maybe it's not that God's doing something to you, and maybe it's not that the devil's doing something to you. And check this out, man in the mirror. Maybe ain't nobody else doing nothing to you. Maybe it's that you're choosing and you're making the wrong choice. Oh, but I got an announcement for somebody today. I came with this thing deep down in my belly. Today, you're going to learn how to make the right choice and choose the blessing and choose life. Listen, what are you trying to say? The famine was only in the land he chose, which was the curse. He chose that. There was no famine where his daddy was. Bishop, how you know? Because they had the opportunity to build up fatty calves. <laughs> he chose that. What's this? What's this? You can only run for so long before the wrong you ran to turns on you. That's why some of y'all sitting up saying, Bishop, it just seemed like my friends turned against me. That's okay. They're getting ready to turn against one another. It just seemed like my family ain't crazy with me. That's all right. They're getting ready to turn on one another. What I found out about enemies is that whatever people will do with you, they'll also do to you. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 I need to say that again for somebody because somebody, that's their that's they whole message. They're going to stop listening at this. You can only run for so long 
before the wrong that you ran to turns on you. And this boy ran to this faraway land thinking, uh-huh, told my daddy. See, I told the Lord, so you didn't have to do all that stuff. I can just have a relationship with God, just me, just me and him. I don't need church. Okay, this is quiet in here in the Roman Catholic Cathedral. Oh, <laughs> And the Bible says he begins to be in want. Say want. So he loses discretion and he connects with the citizen of the place that he ran away to. And here's the deal. Here's their business exchange. The exchange is that the son will feed his pigs, which coincidentally for those of you that are note takers and my Bible scholars, uh, the word for a female pig, uh, which is what the boy was feeding here uh, in the Hebrew or excuse me, in the Greek is the word so. God puts him in a pig pen so he can sow. Okay. God puts him in a place that looks like this here. And he says, listen, son, now I'm going to get you back home to your daddy. But while you're in your pig pen, I'm going to need you to sow. Because sometimes the only way out of your mess is you got to sow your way out of your mess. Sometimes the only way out of your mess is you say, Bishop, but I ain't got no money to sow. Sometimes you got to sow love so you can receive a harvest of love. Sometimes you got to sow encouragement to somebody else so you can reap a harvest of encouragement. God says, I'm going to put you in the pig pen so you can feed the soul. That was, that was just something that you might want to know. The deal is that he'll feed these adult female pigs, so, what they're called in the Greek, and that that citizen essentially agrees to feed the boy's insanity. Got to be dangerous, the deals you make with the dark side. <laughs> Y'all remember the movie uh, 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 Al Pacino, Devil's... Uh... Y'all got it. Y'all remember the deal, the deal that, that his son made so he could win? You'll be careful the deals you make with the dark side when you're on your downside. Because sometimes to relieve the temporary pain of a moment, you will make a permanent deal with the dark side. You. Sometimes to relieve the temporary pain that you're experiencing, sometimes you, 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 you will make decisions that, that you think you'll be able to eventually get yourself out of, but, but you didn't realize the depth and the, uh, and the ramifications that that decision would bring. He says, I'm going to feed your swine in the field, your soul. And, and the citizen says, I'm going to feed your insanity. Now, check this out. This boy essentially forgets whose son he is. It's dangerous when you forget where you're from. Bishop, Bishop, what are you trying to say? I'm not just talking even spiritually 
which ultimately is where we're from. See, just in case you didn't know where you're from, you, you, you are not from a St. Louis. Just, 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 uh, let, let, let's just get that understanding. That's just the city you rolled in on. You, you, you are not from Cleveland. You, you are not from Miami. You are not from, uh, certainly ain't from Denver. You understand what I'm saying? You, 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 listen, where are you from? Jeremiah chapter 1. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, which means you were with God in heaven. And then when God said, it's the right time for you to be born because I got some stuff that I need to get handled in the earth and I need you to get down there and handle it so God says you were with me and then I assign you to the earth for such a time Jesus, I wish I had a church. For such a time as this, which means stop saying it just seems like nothing ever works and stop saying I just wish I could die. No, baby, you were born for this moment right here, right now. No, you were not supposed to be here 20 years ago. You were not supposed to be here 20 years from now. You're supposed to be right here, right now, in this moment. But now, not just that, but then you, you got to understand that, that before you there's a lineage. Sure, there's a lot of stuff in your bloodline that's messed up. But the truth is, there's some stuff in your bloodline that's good, too. But yeah. what you're trying to say, there were some survivors in your bloodline. How do you think you made it? There were some thrivers in your bloodline. There, there were some folk that had to suffer and, and, and deal with stuff. Can I, can I talk to you? There, there were some folk that, that, that had to put up with some stuff so you wouldn't have to put up with it. There he is. And I look at this. This boy forgets who's he forgets who Sonny is. He forgets his pedigree. He forgets his family name. And now we end up in verse number 16. And it says, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods. It's interesting because the pod was a sweet, uh, sweet, uh, sweet uh, thing that they used to fatten the calves, or excuse me, the, the, the pigs. And, and it looked like a locust. They, they, would, they would fatten the swine, the sow. They would fatten the swine with something that looked like a locust. Now, some of you said, Bishop, that didn't mean very much. Well, in Scripture, locusts are an idiom for bad decisions. He's, he's essentially saying, I would have gladly wished I had somebody else's bad decisions. Put it up, put it up so they can see it. He, he, he said, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods. That the swine ate. He said, I'd much rather, he said, I messed this thing up so bad. I'd much rather have your problems. While you sitting up here complaining about what you got to deal with and complaining about the stuff you're walking through, you need to know that there's somebody sitting in the pig pen that says, I wish I had a husband to complain about. I wish I had some children to say wasn't no good. I wish I had a job I could say something about. That. There's some people that wish they had your problems. Bible says, but nobody gave him anything. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my daddy's servants have read enough to spare and I perish with anger? Check this out. Here it is. Let's watch this because you said, Bishop, how do I get to the man in the mirror? How do I change? How do I confront myself? How do I deal with myself? It starts right here. Say pig pen. Now, now they already put it up, but I want you to see it again. Look, look at, I want you to see what a pig pen looks like because that's what a pig pen looks like. Now, for those of you who can't see too well, I'll narrate for you. That stank, covered with dirt, mixed with some mmm stank. You understand what the mmm stank is, don't you? Because you notice how there is no restroom. 
Huh? So, so then by deductive logic, even if you didn't know this by reason of fact, by deductive logic, you can deduce that they've got to then excrete in the same place they walk, which is why if you don't cook pork very good, you, you can become very susceptible to parasites. But I'm just thankful that I know how to cook it well. Because I don't care what kind of picture you show me of the pig. We got a 400-year history together. See, some of y'all looking at the feet. The feet are all in that dirty water. That's all right. Wash them bad boys out. And season them up real good, y'all. Okay. I'm just joking. If you eat pig feet, I need to pray for you right after church because that is gross. No, I just, you need to know that. You just need to know that. Watch this. Watch this. Y'all see how filthy this is? You see the tire back there? You see, you see the tire? You, you see the filth? You see how the filth is running out? This is where that boy found himself. I, I wanted you to see it. This, he, he went from the penthouse to the pig pen. Now, now check this out. Here's a pig pen. You ready? A pig pen is a self-created mess. And let's be honest, how many of us right now are dealing with a self-created mess? Come on, let's, come on, come on, let's be honest. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So, 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 so here's the good news. Such a neighbor said, there's good news. I'm going to show you how to come up out of that. But, but, but we got we to gotta walk through the process. See, oftentimes, church folk want hands to be laid on them, and then they just get zapped out of the pen. The problem is, is if you don't figure out how you got there, you're going to go right back. You, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not hearing what I'm saying. If, if nobody tells you how you messed up and how you erred and how not to do that again, then you're going to find yourself back there again. Because do you notice Jesus doesn't tell the parable twice? Which means evidently this boy, when he had that meeting with the man in the mirror while he was in the pig pen, he said, okay, lesson learned. And aren't you glad there's some stuff where you can go through it and say, okay, that's a lesson I do not. I'm not interested in repeating that lesson whatsoever. So here's, here's what happened. There's, there's, there's three things that happen in the pig pen. You ready? Th three things. Here's, here's the first thing. God will start leaning toward you. <laughs> Y'all heard me tell you about, about my, my song, which I think I'm up to 289 times now. Uh, it's working. Uh, but check, check, check this out. Listen to me. Listen to me. When you're in a pig pen and you're in a self-created mess, Amen. the last person you think you're going to hear from is the first one to call. Amen. You're thinking to yourself, God ain't going to want to have nothing to do with me now. Look at the mess I made. You're thinking to yourself, the person I did wrong ain't going to want to have nothing to do with me, so let me just keep running. Let me just keep changing my phone number. Let me just keep changing my email. Let me just keep acting like I ain't getting the call, because that's the lie that's the I did them wrong. I know. <laughs> but what I found out is that when you get in the pig pen, that's when God starts leaning towards you. Bishop, what are you saying? Let me, what are you saying? Let me show you. Psalm 139.7, the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. Check this out. 
if I make my bed in hell, which is the uh, Hebrew word sheol, put up verse 8, the Hebrew word sheol, he, he, he says, behold, you're there. Now, the reason he says behold is because it's perplexing that the God of heaven and earth would take the time to step out of heaven to come visit this man in his hell. You, you, you didn't hear what I just said. He says, if I ascend into heaven, you're there. And if I choose to make my bed in Sheol, which, which it means hell, but it also means, check this out, pit. And if you study out the, 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 the etymology of the word, it, it, it has this connotation, self-made pit. Put it up. He, he says, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold. In other words, I wasn't even expecting to see you here. I just thought I was going to have a pity party by myself. I just thought I was going to lick my own wounds by myself. But I'm so glad that even when you're in the pig pen and even when you're at your lowest moment, Jesus can still reach way down there and say, I'm still with you. I've not given up on you. It looks bad, but baby, it's all good because we're getting ready to have a meeting with the man in nothing. Look at this. He, 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 hear me. Part of God's favor, see, when you make a mess, a self-created mess, then, then all of a sudden you're like, well, God, I guess God just ain't going to favor me no more. I guess God is just through with me. <laughs> I guess it's over for me. I guess I'm just going to just live out these last few days and just, and just be in hell and just all that. Now, now, watch this. Watch this. Part of God's favor. Shout, I'm favored. Right. Y'all said it real loud. I didn't say to do that. I said shout it. Uh, Mr. White, you need me to shout it because you needed to be reminded that even though you in, put the pig pen up, that even though you might feel like you in this, that even in that, God still has a plan. Even when you're in the pig pen, part of God's favor is that he still has a plan. No, but, 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 but what are you saying? But, but, but what are you saying? God has a way of taking your good stuff and making it better. He has a way of taking your, your, your jacked up, crazy, horrible stuff and making it work. <laughs> That's why Scripture says, and, and he makes all things work together. Notice what it does not say, that he makes all things work. He just makes them work together. See, because the stuff that you did that was crazy and jacked up and messed up and bad, God, it may not work. But God says, but I'm still going to make that work together. Some of y'all aren't understanding it. The reason that I'm shouting today is not because I've done everything right. The reason I'm shouting today is that even though I did some stuff wrong, he's still going to make it work Somebody needs to come up out of your place of depression because you're sitting here beating yourself up saying, but I did that wrong and I did that wrong and I did I know that you did. But he's still going to make it work. Look at this. Look at this. Because the reality is sometimes you need to hit rock bottom to realize he's the rock at the bottom. Some, some, sometimes you can't, you can't see right until you're at the bottom looking up. Watch this. The first thing is God started leaning toward him. 
And that's what's happening now. And what I challenge you to do is, is don't ignore him leaning toward you. Don't stop talking to him because you messed up. Isn't that crazy? You know, but I can't go to church for a while. How are you going to not come see him and you the one? I can't pray for a while. What you mean you can't pray for a while? I just feel like I can't worship. What you mean you can't worship? You the one. You ought to be glad he still lets you do that. That's why every time I get a chance to shout, I'm shouting why? Because I'm not going to let a rock cry out for me. The fact that he still loves me and he still has a plan in spite of my decision to get in my, put the pig pin up. Come on. There it is. Now check this out. When you look at that, Craig, nothing against anybody named Craig. Day Day, nothing against anybody named Day Day. Kelly, Juan Carlos, Debo, who else in there? Pookie, Ray Ray, and then we can't see what's back there, so we're just going to say, and them. Because there's somebody back there, the picture just cut them off. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. God started leaning toward him. Say, God is leaning toward me right now. And he loves you enough to lean toward you even when you stink. See, folk may stop leaning to you when you got a little stench on you. But Jesus said, I'm going to lean to you with your stench and all. Watch this. With your messed up attitude and all. With your negative disposition and all. With your pickle juice baptized face and all. The way your neighbor is looking at me right now and all. Uh, he'll still lean towards you. But look at this. The second thing is he looked in the mirror. He came to himself. Now, when we use the song as the backdrop in the pig pen, he, he had to look at the man in the mirror. And, and I said this to you, but, but I wanted us to look at this again because I was so fascinated with the parable. His statements while in the pig pen reveal his real mindset, which was his real problem. Proverbs 23, 7, we often extract that scripture and, and use it to make great points, which they do. But the context of the scripture is that the wisdom giver, the sage, he is speaking and he is saying that if you're sitting with a miser, uh, or, or, or a, uh, if you're sitting with a miser, uh, he's saying, then we come to verse 7, for as that man uh, thinks in his heart, so is he. And then that miser, while you're sitting at his table, he's saying, oh, have a good time. But he says to you, uh, but with his heart, he's not with you. In other, words, in other words, the context of this verse is that there is a person saying, do this, this, and that. But in reality, they're really hoping you don't. The context of this verse is that there's a person that is articulating something with their mouth but not demonstrating something with their actions. Uh, and so, so then when we come to the verse now, we have a better understanding because the man, uh, the Proverbs, uh, the wisdom is saying, for as he thinks in his heart. Now, the word harp in Hebrew is the word leb. So is he. So as a man thinks in his mind, so is he. So check this out. He says, eat and drink. But his mind says, please don't touch my plate again. Somebody said, Bishop, I don't get it. You say I'm favored. But your mind says, I must not be because it don't look good. 
You say God is working all things together for my good. But your mind is saying something else. Your mouth says one thing, but your heart, your mind says something else, which then makes your actions do something else. Because here's the verse, as the man thinks, so is he. Here's another way to look at it. As the man is, so are his thoughts. The real you is what your dominant thought is. Okay, all right. All right, all right. What's what, what, what this? What's this? Uh, say the pig pen. Now check this out. What you say in your worst moments reveals what you were really thinking in your best moments. And that's why for many of us, that's why when great stuff happens, we almost act surprised. As if all the stuff you've been praying and all the stuff you've been confessing and all the stuff you've been... Listen, if this stuff is real, then it's real. Now, if it ain't, then it ain't. But if it's real, then it's real. Which means why are we sitting up acting surprised when the realness becomes real? Because, because, because what, what we say in, in our worst moments reveals what we're really thinking in our best moments. And what did the boy say in the pig pen? Here's what he said. Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He said that in his what? pig pen in his worst moment, which means he was thinking that while he had on his robe standing next to his daddy. Somebody's going to hear me. Maybe they can't hear me sound, man. That's why they ain't saying nothing. He, 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 he says in his pig pen, I'm not even worthy to be addressed as your son. Change my name from foreman to X. Make an analogy, you follow. Point. He says, make me like one of the servants. Let me spiritualize it for you. Because God's angels are God's servants. He made us higher than them, and he made us his sons and daughters. He gives us the power to be that. In other words, he's saying, I don't want to be Adam, your image. Let me run errands for you and be an angel. Put it up. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of the hired servants. So he says this in his pig pen, but the truth is, is he really thought that every time he was standing next to his father. He's really thinking, man, I really, am I cut out for this? God, I don't even, how did I get here? How did this happen then for me? Something's going to go wrong. Something's getting ready. Something, no, something ain't right. Something, 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 Jim. We're going to get y'all saved because y'all knew that song right there. No, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. He's thinking to himself, this is too good to be true. Why haven't I messed this up yet? He, 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 he says to himself, he says, in his worst moment, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He was thinking that in his best moment. So check out what happens. Because he never, ever deals with that thought, it starts as a little seed. And then it grows. 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 And then it it becomes his dominant thought. To where no matter what anybody says to him, he thinks himself out of it. 
So no matter how many times he comes and hears the word, he says, that show is good, what Bishop was saying, and then gets right in his car and says the same jacked up crap. Because it has become his dominant thought. Watch this. So when it becomes his dominant thought, it starts as a seed, it grows, it develops. It, it then takes over his mind. It, 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 it takes over his psyche. It, it takes over his, in the Hebrew, neshama, soul. It takes it over. And check this out. So then the thought provokes action. What did we read in Proverbs? As a man, so is he. How does he become? Because his thought makes him do. As a man thinks in his mind, so is he. He becomes that because he never dealt with his thought of that. So now that thought wants blood. So it provokes action. What have you been thinking for the last four or five years in your life that you acting like it just happened, but the truth is that thought has been there for years? If you got this thought in your mind, I'm not good enough. If you got that thought in your mind, and then somebody tells you, you're great, you're wonderful, you're doing a great job. Oh, shucks. Thank you. I'm just a humble man. Well, you just revealed to us you got more pride in you than the North Koreans. I mean, you got more. You got, <laughs> you got a lot of arrogance up in there. And then it grows. And then it grows. And you know why it stays there? Because it's familiar. Because it didn't just come from there. It came from when you were a child. See, some of y'all got 55-year-old bodies, but you got 12-year-old minds. Because a thought was entered, and when that thought entered, it lodged itself into the very most inner being of who you are. And now that thought grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it develops, and now it wants some blood. Because now it's no longer satisfied with just being a thought. Now it has to fulfill Proverbs 23, 7. It has to be. God, somebody's going to get this. Somebody's going to get this. So now it says to the son, you ought to just leave your father. Just leave him. Just leave him. Why, why are you? What you? Why are you? Quit playing this game. You're not good enough to be his son. You're not good enough to go to church. You're not good enough to be a leader. How you going to lead folk and you got your own stuff? Y'all ain't going to, okay. How are you talking about you going to pray for somebody? How are you praying for somebody? You don't even pray for yourself. Talking about you encourage somebody. You can't, you, you depressed. Because the dominant thought wants blood. But I came to serve a notice on every thought in my mind that is not from God. You ain't getting no more blood from me. I dare you, I dare you to high five somebody and say, you ain't getting no more blood from me. You, you've stolen enough of my money. You've stolen enough of my relationship. You've stolen enough. So the thought, the thought wants blood, so it tells him, just leave your daddy. Just leave him. 
Because here's what the thought says. Because he probably don't really love you anyhow. Because if he did, remember that time when you and your brother got power wheels? Why was your power wheel shorter than your brother's? I'm just saying. You're missing it. You're missing it. Because I wanted to make it very demonstrative so you could see it. The thought now makes you start questioning what you knew was. But now it's making you question everything that has been. This is why you can get to a point and then you can be, you can be in a friendship with somebody, a relationship with somebody and say, I wonder if they ever loved me. I wonder if they ever cared about me. I wonder if they were ever my real friend. Because your mind is playing tricks on you. So this dominant thought tells the son, I'm almost through. This dominant thought tells the son, he says, you just need to leave your daddy because, you know, he won't miss you. He won't care. Give up on your destiny. It don't matter. Take your life. Nobody will miss you. Isolate yourself from the people you need to be around. Lock yourself in your house and close the blinds and turn the AC on 60 and sit in there looking at TV eating chocolate bars. Am I talking to anybody? He, the thought wants blood, and so the thought says, leave your daddy. And he wrestles with the thought. He, he goes back and forth with the thought. Why do we know that? Because the Bible says after many days. Now, check this out. Check this out. He didn't start thinking that way in the pig pen. He had been thinking that way for years, comparing himself to his older brother and comparing himself to his father rather than being inspired by him. And so now the thought makes something happen that wouldn't have actually happened. So that the thought can justify its rightness to the person. I just said a mouthful. Someone said it again. The thought makes you create what wasn't getting ready to happen. So now the thought can say to you, see, I told you. But you're the one that made it happen. Let me talk to this side of the church because they ain't hearing nothing I'm saying over here. You weren't actually going to get rejected. But the thought made you act like a jack behind. So you ended up. So you created it. You became your own prophet. You became your own prophet declaring your own. They weren't going to fire you. <laughs> but you sitting up here scared of getting fired. So now you start acting crazy. <laughs> that friend really was there for you. But you started acting crazy with them. So, so you, you make it happen. And then the thought says, see, I told you. Because the truth is the thought wants to get you by itself, by yourself. The thought wants you to think, see, just come on, just me and you. Because nobody understands us. Now, now you become like the demoniac. Now you got different versions of yourself talking to yourself. Nobody's really been through what you've been through. People been through stuff, but they ain't been through what we've been through. It switches from I to we because it's now plural. You've created a spiritual schizophrenia. It's just us. There's nobody else. And then it'll try to throw a scripture at you. And when your mother and father forsake you. Well, what about the ones where they didn't? 
Okay, watch this. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. All right, check this out. Any pig pen that you fall into, you didn't just start digging it. You've been digging it for years, but you just finally fell into it. Put the pig pen up. Watch this. You don't build that, even though it doesn't look like much, overnight. You work on that for years. And even though it ain't nothing, you work on that for years. So you start putting a little bad thought up here. Somebody hurts you and you put that over here. Somebody lies to you and you put that over here. And then you have a disappointment and you put that over here. So you start laying out this pig pen. And then all of a sudden when the thought demands blood, it causes you to take actions that get you right there. In a place you've been preparing for yourself for years. (laughs) But touch your neighbor and say, today, oh God, I don't have no faith in this room. Somebody say, today, I'm serving notice to my pig pen. I'm out of there. You ain't got to kick me out my pig pen. I'm walking out. You, 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 you ain't got to tell me to come. Watch this. Watch this. Change around you because here's what happens. God leans towards him. And you know what happens when God leans towards him? God takes a mirror with him. Whenever God starts leaning towards you, God takes a mirror. God leans towards him like this here. Watch this. It's like the Matrix. He's leaning, but there's a mirror on the back. And God shows him the mirror because God says, listen, listen. He says, listen, son, change around you starts in you. This boy is left there with pigs. Check this out. Check this out. Sounds familiar to me. Reminds me of in Genesis 32, 24, when Jacob, who was a liar, a trickster, a shyster, a player, when Jacob was left alone, and the Bible says that he wrestled with a man until the breaking of day, 32, 24, to the breaking of day. Check, check this out. Jacob, now for those of you who don't know, let me just tell you real quick. Jacob is a man, and uh, later on, Jacob becomes the nation of Israel, because in this situation, the Bible says that Jacob is left alone. And, and you got to understand something. Sometimes uh, you, you can be alone, but not lonely. Jacob was left alone, and the Bible says a man wrestled with him into the breaking of day. Now, when you see man there, you see it capitalized, which means that literally this was a manifestation of Jesus the Christ before we called him Jesus the Christ. Uh, it was not just an angel he was wrestling with. He was literally wrestling with God. But can I give you another level of revelation about the text? The deeper level of revelation about the text is that the man he was wrestling with was himself. Bishop, how do you know that? Jesus Christ. Christ, the anointed one, his anointing. Check this out. His anointed. We're his anointed, which means when he was met, when he was wrestling with a man who was, this was Jesus Christ before we call him Jesus Christ in the flesh, that means literally he was wrestling with himself. Jesus leans in on the, I feel it. He leans in on the pig pen and says, we're getting ready to have a wrestling match, son, but the other opponent is going to be you. And I'm going to wrestle with you. And you're going to wrestle with yourself until you can come out of this saying, I won't let you go until you bless me. I'm not staying in this pig pen anymore. I'm not staying in this jacked up thinking anymore. Ah! 
So this boy is in the pig pen and he's having a wrestling match with himself because God turns the mirror on him and say, before you blame your daddy and before you blame your brother and before you blame your wife and before you blame your kids, check your... I'm almost through. Here it is. Here it is. There was nobody else with the wrong words that was there to run their mouth while that boy was in that pig pen with those pigs. So he had to wrestle with himself. He had to look in the mirror. Say, Lord, put the mirror up. Okay, the mirror's up right now. Here it is right now. Now Here it is right now. I need you to get this. Somebody say, I'm going to get it, Bishop. Come on, say, I'm going to get it, Bishop. Because what if today was the day that changed the rest of your days? Somebody not hear what I'm saying? Maybe it don't take God 20 years to make it happen. Maybe it ain't going to take God 15 years to make it happen. Maybe it's just one time you looking in the right mirror with the right word at the right. Because, because when Jacob, when Jacob had his moment to look in the mirror, the Bible says, check this out, that the man did not prevail against him. Check this out. God have mercy. Jesus Christ, I just want to sit down. But I can't. Uh. Now remember, the deeper revelation is that he's wrestling with himself. But the high surface revelation is that he's wrestling with God. Check this out. The Bible says, put, 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 up, put up verse 25. Genesis 32, 20, uh, 25. Come on. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him. He is what? Capitalized. The next he is what? So who are we talking about? God. Did not prevail against who? The man. Jacob. Would y'all please get on the big bus with me? Let me try the middle section. It's something crazy that a human being could wrestle with God and win. Okay, maybe you're going to shout because these people ain't hearing what I'm saying. Jacob wrestles with God, and the Bible says he could not win. You know you must be special when God says, I'm wrestling with you, and God says, but I can't win. Some of you have thought God has made up his mind with negative stuff about you. No, he has not. You're wrestling with God, and I'm going to make an announcement. There's some stuff where God says, change my mind. You're not hearing what I'm saying. There's some pig pens you're in that you think you got to stay in for some more time. But I think if you'll just wrestle with God right here, right now, God says, I'll change my verse. God didn't prevail against the boy. Can y'all? Can yes, Am I the only one that sees this? So the Lord says, I tell you what, I'm going to touch your hip. And because if I don't, if I don't touch your hip, you're going to keep fighting with me. Because evidently, you got sick and tired of you. And now you say, God, I'm not letting you go until you make me better. I'm not letting you go until you fix this situation. I'm not letting you go until you bring my son back home. I'm not letting you go. So God says, the only way I'm going to beat this boy is I got to touch his hip. 
so that he walks with a limp. Don't you be ashamed of your limp. Your limp is evidence that when you wrestle with God, you won. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You may not be everything that you want to be, but thank God that you ain't what you used to be. I got a little bit of a limp, but I won. I got a little bit of an issue, but I 26. And he said, this is God speaking. God says, let me go. God says to him, he said, would you let me go, boy? He said, listen, we got a staff meeting in a few hours. And Michael and Gabriel are going to come looking for me after a while. Would you let me go? Because the day's getting ready to break. Which means he started wrestling with him while he was in his midnight hour. He started wrestling with him when it was dark. And some of y'all, that's where you're at now. You're in a pig pen and it stinks and it smells horrible. But not only does it stink, it's dark. But you're at the right time, at the right place to start wrestling with. He says, but look at what Jacob says. Now remember, Jacob is a con artist. He's a liar. He's a thief. By all accounts of anybody else's estimation, God shouldn't even be in the same room with him. I love it that the God we serve knows just how to come right where we at. Somebody said, Bishop, he can't come because I'm still smoking weed. No, baby, he's going to be right in there with you. He's going to be right in there sitting there with you saying, no, you coming up out of this. You, you, you can make your bed any way you want to. Somebody said, he can't come with me because I'm still making stupid decisions. No, he's going to come right down there with you and say, I'm sitting here. I ain't gave up on you. I paid a price for you, which means you're still valuable. You might got some chips on the outside, but you're still valuable. Listen, if you go buy a Bentley, listen, you may have some transmission problems. Ooh, but it's still valuable. You'll say, listen, we'll fix that, take that down to Joe Nim and see what they can do. And but it's still valuable. Touch the neighbor, say, you may have some issues, but you're still valuable. Tell them, say, God ain't gave up on you. Put it up. Here it is, here it is. I gotta move, because this ain't even, this is totally not even where we're supposed to be. Look at Jacob, the liar, the cheater. Shyster tried to steal something from his own brother. The nobody, the one voted least likely to succeed. The one that everybody said he ain't going to be nothing, he ain't going nowhere. Look what he says to God. See, the folk wouldn't hear him, but God would. He says, I'm not letting you out of here. I'm not letting God, I got you. I showed up to harvest on Father's Day. And I'm not leaving this place until you bless. What was the blessing? An empowerment to prosper, to do well, to be made whole. He said, I'm tired of cheating to get what I got. I'm tired of lying to get what I got. Bless me. Look at verse 27. So he said to him, now take this out. I love God because God, God don't ask questions to get answers. He asks questions to see how you respond. There's nothing God doesn't know. He's omniscient. Omniscient. He knows all things. All things. Watch this. He's all knowledge. So he said to him, what's your name, boy? Yachab. Hebrew. 
Jacob, he said. Look at the next verse. God said, "Uh uh-uh. Not no more. God is asking you, what's your name, broke? Not no more. What's your name, depressed? Not no more. What's your name, unemployed? Not no more. What's your name, homeless? Not no more. What's your name, dead be dead? Not no more. What's your name, not no more. And he said, ain't nobody else going to call you by your dysfunction no more. He said, don't you ever identify yourself by your dysfunction anymore. He said, from this moment forward, you shall be called Israel. Now, somebody said, Bishop, what's the significance of that? Israel is a nation. Jacob is a man. God says, you just think what you're doing is just going to affect you. God said, there's so much more in you than what you even can imagine is there. Put it up. He said, check, check out why he changes his name. Because you fought with God. <laughs> check this out, though. Watch this part. And you had to fight with some folk. But check out the last part. But you prevailed. Somebody say, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I right, check this out. I got to get this done. Sit down. Sit down. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. Y'all all right? I got to get this done. While you're looking in the mirror, here's two questions you got to ask. First question is, where am I? Where am I? Okay? Because we're talking about change, right? So, so, uh, so you need to ask this question. Where am I? Say, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm in my pig pen. Oh, my God. I got four minutes. Y'all got to get it real quick. Say, say, where am I? You know when you go to the mall and you don't know where you're at in the mall? You walk over to the little kiosk machine or, you know, whatever you call that thing there. And you walk over there and, and, and watch this. You know, watch this, you, you, you may have an idea of where you want to go. But before you can get there, you need to first figure out where you are. Maybe they'll get it over here. So, so before I can, watch this, get to my destination, I need to first understand where I'm currently at. Okay, are you still here? I said, are you still here? But watch this. When you know where you're starting from, you can chart the path that you need to take to get where you want to be. Check this out. You cannot conquer what you don't confront, but you can't confront what you can't find. So that's why some of you keep going in circles. You know what? Because you don't know where you are. You just know you want to get over there, but you haven't quite estimated properly where you're at. So that's why when you try to get there, you can't get there because you thought you were right next to it, not understanding that you were down on the second level. You know, uh, you know. Check this out. Our outer world becomes a mirror image reflecting our inner world. If a mirror, if a mirror is placed 360 degrees around you, everywhere you look, there you are. Which means everything that is reflected to you is what's in you. Which means whatever you have the root of, you have the fruit of. I got to move real quick. Watch this. Watch this. Which means this. You are a living magnet and you continue to attract into your life the people and circumstances that are in harmony with what your dominant thought is. I'm saying a lot, you have to get the CD. I, you have to get the CD. Do you understand that? You keep saying, why do, I keep, why do these people keep coming into my life? Because that's your dominant thought. You keep thinking everybody's against you. That's why the people you attract are against you. Because that thought wants blood. 
Do you hear what I'm saying to you? It don't just want to control your mind. It wants to jack your life up. Why? Because it knows if it can get you, uh, the scripture teaches that it can get to the third and fourth generation. So it's not just after you. It's after your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids and your kids' 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 kids. Are you still here? Let's check this out. Then what happens is these bad thought cycles repeat when you spend too much time trying to figure out where you're going and don't identify where you are. Because you get discouraged when you don't get to where you were trying to get, but that's because you didn't know where you were starting. A few weeks ago, I was traveling. I was in a mall I hadn't been in before. And so, you know, I'm just, the way I am is I just figure stuff out. You understand what I'm saying? I'm the guy that when you get a box, you know, I see the instructions, and that's cool. But I saw the picture, and so just, you know, I can figure it out. I don't have time to read a novel to figure out how to put together this TV set. I don't have time for all that. Just, it looked like, well, this is the big one, so put the big one right there and put that one over there. And that's the washer. You need the washer to go right here. Put that right here. <laughs> now, 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 check this out. First question you got to ask yourself is what? Second question, where am I going? Check, check this out. Check this out. You have a paradigm. Say, I have a paradigm. This is a collection of thoughts that you have built up over the years. See, the real issue, the real issue is, is that sometimes we make stuff spiritual that is really very natural. Some, some of you think you need hands laid when you really need therapy. Now, hands laid will help, but you really need, you need to be sitting in there on that couch up in there. And some of you, I ain't got to say nothing, just Jesus, and just let you sit there and just let it just soak out. Watch this, check this out, check this out. Your paradigm, your paradigm is a collection of your thoughts that you've built up over the years. Do you understand this? Okay. This is, why, this, this is why this is so important. Check this out. Our paradigm shapes our logic, what we justify to ourselves. Okay? So, so, so if you're a person, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I asked them, I said, well, why did you get in that relationship? And they said, well, you know, they weren't running the streets, and, and, and they weren't drinking and smoking. I said, so that was the standard? I said, I mean, that's all that... Now, listen, now don't make fun because some of y'all, <laughs> take heed those who think you stand, unless you figure out you was already in the pit. Now, just don't, now don't, be, don't be judging nobody now. Just be easy. Just be easy right through here. I, I, here's what I said. I, I said, watch this. The paradigm created, this collection of thoughts created logic. So then logic then becomes why you do what you do. So then when you have a messed up paradigm, you have a messed up logic. You ever seen somebody do stuff backwards and you say, why do you do that? And then they'll say something back to you like, like I don't know. You ever seen somebody vacuum b b before they dust? Come on, y'all. Come on. I got three minutes. Y'all got to help me because we are not doing two CDs. We are not doing it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you, ever, seen somebody, you ever seen somebody sweep, then wipe the cabinets on? Come on, you, you, and you'd be like, son, what are you doing? Well, I, and then they'll say, they'll try to explain it to you. Well, I just figure if I wipe the cabinet, see, that way, and just, son, there's no way to make that make sense unless your logic is flawed. And here's the issue. Your logic becomes your ceiling. You can only, watch this, you have framed your world according to your logic. That's why poverty is not how much money you got in the bank. It's a mindset. 
You can have a million dollars and still be in poverty. You can have five dollars and be rich. Why? Because my mind ain't there. My, my, my bank account may say that, but my mind says... Here it is, here it is. Logic governs perception because it's your ceiling. So then you can only see things according to your logic. Got this? Got this? Check this out. Check, check this out. Which means you'll see something not as it is but as you are because that's your ceiling. So if all your life you struggle with feeling rejected by people, when somebody comes along in your life and actually legitimately loves you, you don't hear what they say, you see what you want. So they're saying, I love you, I care for you, I'm going to support you, I'm going to be there, I'm going to walk with you, I'm going to help you. And you're here until when? Ain't nobody said nothing about until when, except your logic said that. And your logic then becomes your perception. So you can't see what's really there, you see you. Why? Because it's a mirror around you, and everything that is out here is simply an image of what's in here. That's when God leans towards you, he brings the mirror. Okay, I got to move, I got to move, I got to move. Y'all okay? Check this out, check this out. You can't see right until you look in the mirror and identify what's there. Now, now check this out, I got to move, I got to move, I got to move. The, the, the boy says to himself, don't be laughing at me. Why y'all laughing at me? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just joking. Check this out. The boy, the boy answers the second question. Where am I going? Say, where am I going? Say it again. Say, where am I going? The boy answers this question. He said, I'm going back home to my daddy. <laughs> he said, now, I don't quite know how I'm going to get there. And I don't even know if when I get there, he's going to want to see me. But I'll tell you what I'm doing. I figured out where I was, and I figured out where I want to go. And I figured out that the issue wasn't him. The issue was something in me. So check this out. Check this out. In verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of the servants. Check this out. Write this down. Please write this down. If you're, taking, if you're not taking notes, write it down. If you're thinking about taking notes, write it down. If you've got a phone, type it in. If you don't have a phone, just, just please just look like you're writing it. Bishop, why? Because if you don't get nothing else I've said in these last hour, you've got to hear what I'm saying. You've got to hear what I'm saying. You've got to hear what I'm saying. Whatever follows I will becomes I am. Please just pretend, y'all. Please just, come on, just do follows that gift. Come on, just do it for me. <laughs> just pretend. Just, just, just pretend. Watch this. Whatever follows I will becomes I am. So look at verse 18. <clears throat> he says, he says, is it up? Here it is. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. Say whatever follows, I will, becomes, I am. So look at verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against you, and heaven in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring out your best robe, and put it on him, put the ring on him, put it, all this, put some sandals on his feet, he stank, he'd be with them pigs and all that. Verse 23. And bring the fatted calf and let us eat and be merry. Next verse. Next verse. For this, my son, I will arise and go to my father. You missed it. I will arise and go to my father. I will arise and go to my father. Which means I am my father's son. 
I will arise out of this depression, which means I will walk in joy. I will rise out of this pig pen, which means I'm not going to be in the valley another day. I will come up out of this valley, which means whatever follows I will becomes I am. Check this out. Verse 20, when they rose and came to his father, while he was a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Check this out. His father was looking for him. Can, can I say something to you? God's been looking for you. I said, God's been looking for you. And somebody else said, Bishop, but I've been here every week. No, 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 no. Not that version of you. Not the church you. Uh-huh. Not that one. We won't. With a real you, please stand up. With the real you that used to have faith like nobody else, would that one stand up? Will the dreamer that was in you that died years ago, would that one stand up? With the one who said, I'm going to do great things for God, would that one? I ain't talking about that church one. I'm talking about that kingdom one. Heaven's attributes on, I'm talking about the one that looks at the devil and says, that's the best I'm talking about the one that when people tell them go to hell, you say, well, do they have any new rides? Because I've already been there. I've already conquered that. What, what you got that ain't already? I've already beaten. What can you throw against me I haven't already conquered? That's the you. The fighter, the one that wouldn't fall down. The one that said, you may knock me back, but I'm going to get up. That's the you. Here it is, here it is, here it is. He concluded that he could no longer be a son. So he demoted himself when his father didn't. And I said this to you in part two of coming home. There's stuff you've disqualified yourself from that God hasn't. Because his logic became his lid. His logic said, well, if I never get another opportunity again, that's okay. Touch your name and say, shut up. <laughs> and if you know him, talk to him real, just say, shut up. Because when you say it like that, it has another meaning. No, shut up, that's one thing. When you say, shut up. Say, I am not disqualified. I've been justified. Here it is. His logic told him. You'll never be a son again. His logic told him, you'll never have good credit again. His logic told him, you'll never have a good relationship with your children. His logic told him, you're never going to get back to life the way it used to be. Oh, but I got a message for somebody. You must then read Ephesians 3.20. And now unto him that is able... To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that my logic tells me can happen. Yeah. 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 Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. 
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.